Mother D, Daddy Sunshine, how dare you violate one of my Beverly Takers possessions, the podcast. How do you do that, you ask? By restarting the router last weekend, oh yes. With every birth certificate comes a death certificate. Oh yes, and at WrestleMania, yours will be signed. Mother D, Daddy Sunshine, the power that you hold in that router draws you ever closer to your final demise. At WrestleMania, you come to face to face with your reaper. I will fill the router with the soul of Daddy Sunshine and Mother D. Oh, yes! From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Mastery, Minnesota, moved all those names, events, status, radio, with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210, and the Dirty Dog Welcome everybody back to another stimulating edition of Minivan Status Radio here in Stockton, California. Let's see if I can butcher this again this week at the Memorial <laughs> Civic Auditorium. Got it. Booyah! On Monday, March 20th, 1995. Sorry, we did not tape this on March 13th. No, we did not. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. He is Mr. Beverly Thrills, chilling in the 90210. Beverly, what's happening this weekend? Not too much, man. Say, uh, yeah, I don't know, kind of a lazy weekend. Getting into this, uh, the, have you heard of this show called uh, from HBO called The Jinx? No, I did. No, I haven't. Oh, it's this like documentary series uh, about uh, this guy who's involved in like. Uh, four different murders it's kind of taking the taking the nation by storm a little bit me and mrs hills watched the first three episodes this morning so beverly is there something that you want to tell us on the podcast i like that i that's a good that's an interesting subject to me true crime it's always been interesting to me don't need to stop the recording for you can confess something to me brother no i have no but actually that's actually funny you're like you, you say you didn't know anything about this but like the uh, spoiler 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 if you plan on watching it i already know the end at the end just like what you said like do you want to stop the recording happens and then the guy walks off screen but he still has his mic on and he confesses to it so it's almost like just what you set up it's hilarious right that's funny but no i don't have anything to confess to you don't worry. I, I will confess my love. For Mrs. Mrs. Hills? Well, obviously, I confess that all the time, but I will confess my love, to my platonic podcast love to Mr. Dirty Dog. That deserves a Dean. <laughs> so we are in Stockton, California for another week. Taped obviously the week before. Yeah. On March 13th, 95. According to my Roku, 
On this episode of Monday Night Raw, the Smoking Guns put up their tag team titles on the line against the Beverly Bodies in the main event. <laughs> I wrote down Beverly Bodies later. This one, to me, this was kind of just a breeze of a uh, show. What did you think? Yeah, this show didn't seem as bad as previous weeks. Yeah, it, I thought it went quick. We got three matches that really kind of clipped by, and then we got some promo packages, a couple interviews. I I enjoyed it. This was, a, like I said, a really easy one to get through. Well, I know we'll be talking about it, too, during the matches that we will see. And I did enjoy having, in essence, three different play-by-play, or three different color commentary guys with a, play-by, with a constant play-by-play man throughout the show. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, whereas I enjoyed it to kind of see how Vince would uh, uh, show the chemistry that Vince would have with different people. Yeah, to be honest, he didn't do very well in my opinion. Fair enough. I think the, yeah, I mean, we'll get to it, but I, I found thought, it, well, go ahead. I just found it interesting seeing how he adapted with, I guess, you know, the first match with one person, the second match with another person, and I guess in the main sure. event, another spoiler by himself. Yeah, I I don't know. I in watch again. I guess do you want to say? Do you want to spoil what our big special cast coming off of WrestleMania is going to be? We may as well. Yes. Okay. So I've been like I've alluded to the last few weeks. I've been at at my job when I'm like just working on writing my iBook. I put wrestling on in the background, and I've been working through ninety three and ninety four into i guess we're almost almost caught up to where we are right now but um and i just hated some of the booking decisions in 94 i thought it was a terrible year so i decided to write down just be a super geek and write down my opinions (laughs) on what i think should have been so i don't know if anybody wants to hear it but after after wrestlemania we're gonna get the beverly books 94 95 but anyway what i wanted to get to is i watched the 94 king of the ring and this one took me like five days because the announcing is so awful it's um gorilla monsoon randy savage and art donovan who was like a football player Oh my god, it's terrible! And like, because Art Donovan, was, Art Donovan was this guy that you always asked the the, the other guys how much that person weighed and what his name was, right? Hey Randy, how much this guy weigh? And then he, but my favorite line uh, <laughs> during the double J match, he goes, "Hey double J, this guy's a cutie." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but but anyway, the my point being that, um. Our Donovan was a train wreck, right? But Monsoon was good enough that he could just like take our Donovan's stupid comments and like kind of roll with them and bring them back into the storyline um, and ignore him when he needed to. Then when we get to the middle match here with McMahon, I don't think he was able to do that. And also, I think his solo effort was pretty bad. But, like I said, we'll get to all that. Which, which we'll discuss, yes. Because wasn't yes. it KFAB commentaries that pits out the, you know, some like in 1994, this person would talk about the booking of WWF? <laughs> the, well, yeah, they, they've actually kind of done both. They've, so they've done, like, just the, like, yearbook series 
like um, Cornette doing 97 and a couple different ones like that. But then they've also done fantasy booking, like re rebooking things like they did. Um, Jarrett, J- uh, sorry, Jerry Jarrett rebooking 2000 or either 2000 um, WCW or the invasion. I can't remember. I have that one. Um, they did Gabe Sapolsky rebooking, who was the founder of ROH, if anybody doesn't know, rebooking the ECW relaunch. I have that one. Um, so kind of like what we'll be doing, I guess. <laughs> uh, I was just going <laughs> to say. My, to lump myself into <laughs> not, you know, not putting myself in that category at all. But well, I was just going to say. What we'll be doing here in a few weeks would be, I guess, a tease for kayfabe commentaries. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be the free version of kayfabe commentaries for at least one week, people. Uh, yeah, you guys you will enjoy it. You don't have to buy a $20 DVD of me sitting in a hotel room <laughs> with a whiteboard behind me and me writing stuff down on a whiteboard. You can just, I guess, follow along with the whiteboard at home. Yes. And... and We'll promise Bill Mercer will not show up. Oh, God, I hope not. So we might as well put ourselves in a sleep hold before we can take the first <laughs> break. We'll be right Sounds back good. to get into this match. Get into the match of this 103rd episode of Monday Night Raw coming up next. All right, let's do it. I'm the dog Stimus here with Dusty Hills, not plugging my trucks, not plugging my Jeeps. But plug in Burdick's Pepsi. Oh, Dog Stamith! You know, when I get down to your car emporium, I don't even know what you're gonna have for me. Is it gonna be Jeeps, Dusty Hills? Oh, no, talking about my trucks today. No, today we're talking about the Pepsi, brother. We're talking about the. The Mountain Dew, all the great Pepsi products. You know, I don't know why St. Cloud State got rid of the Pepsi brother. Because the dog Stamis is the best Pepsi deliverer in the planet. Woo, talk about it, Stamis. Screw Coca-Cola. <laughs> screw Middle Yellow. Pepsi is the way to go. This is Main Event Status Radio. I am the Beverly Dog Darcy. That doesn't even make any sense. The Beverly Dog. <laughs> yes. We are back here on, on Mid Event Status Radio, covering the 103rd edition of Monday Night Raw from Monday, March 20th, 1995, in Stockton, California. Awesome. Almost to the home of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Beverly Dog. I can't handle it. I'm just totally floored. What can I say, Jack? got to compose myself. <laughs> so the show opens up with the 50 years in professional wrestling package that we talked about a few years back. Revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Then we get the classic classic raw theme song with the new video with the new video package. Yes. Then the Vin Man welcomes us to Monday Night Raw and tells us that Jim Cornette is with him at the announcer's yeah. booth, which I have been enjoying since Cornette joined joined the joined McMahon at the announcer's table. Yes, I agree. So much better than any of the other combinations we've seen so far in 1995. Then Corny tells us he's ready 
ready for the most historic night on Raw, where his Beverly bodies <laughs> will win the tag team titles tonight. Mm-hmm. And Bundy will be in a handicap match. I guess Mongo McMichael will be at the color booth tonight, too. Ooh. I'm kind of excited about that, to be honest. Not going to lie. I, I am. I, I, I really am. Like, not even joking. <laughs> so, we might as well get into the first match, Chico. We get Razor <laughs> Ramon. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Against the hog himself, Henry O'Godwin. Yes, yeah. Already in the ring, he gets the jobber entrance. I'm a little disappointed for all the hog. Same here. I was hoping to hear some banjo on the way down the ring. (laughs) Yes. Obviously, on many events in this video, we like to critique different wrestlers attires okay what's your thoughts on razors gold on black tights uh, it's one of my favorite combinations same here you, yeah okay thoughts on razors tights do you like the little razors or the big razor and what like, I, I prefer the big razor but that's just me i do i do too i do too i'm glad i'm glad we're on the same page on the razor type front, I would I would agree. <laughs> Your wording makes me laugh. Razor's tight front. Oh well, not the front of his tights. More like the back of his tights. But you know, you can go. You can like whatever you want to like, Beverly. Yeah. Hey, whatever, man. And one, to what you like. One thing, another thing, I guess I enjoyed was Corey wondered what Godwin's thoughts are on big tongues and such, since since he's <laughs> from the farms and all. Yeah, he's from Bitters, Arkansas. What did he? Oh, he's he had some line. I thought you'd probably take it down. Um, God darn it! What was it? It was something weird. He's something, some like dumb small town joke. <laughs> well, I thought it was something. Else sim- is another line, but yeah, I found it funny that Corny was wondering what Godwin's thoughts are on big towns and yeah, all that. He, he's he had something about like Bitters, Arkansas that. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't something write that dumb. down. I'm sorry. Something dumb. It's all right, man. It's all right. No worries. I'm not going to hold it against you. Thank you, Beverly. <laughs> cool. Um. All right. So, oh, I did on his way to the ring, uh, Cornette did, or on Razor's way to the ring, Cornette did say that the Beverly bodies were in the back getting ready and they were doing push-ups, kick-ups, Kip ups, chin ups, and throw ups. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right for us, Beverly. <laughs> I yeah. Depending on how much we ate slash consumed before the match, we might be doing throw ups. Well, especially the <laughs> pizza that we like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, man. Good call. Not, not not gonna lie. No, for real, dude. Especially with what kind of pizza we consume it probably would cause much throw up in most people we we do not throw up our Domino's pizza but we do throw up our pizza hut pizza oh god don't even get me scared on that day one of the one of the worst trips to the the doghouse that i've ever had luckily, luckily that person doesn't reside in the doghouse anymore yes <laughs> Well, we might as well get into the match, Beverly. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so 
my first comment was actually that I had totally forgotten how big Henry Godwin was, like just height wise. I he was taller than Razor Ramon, who I remember as one of the taller, taller wrestlers. Guys, yeah. yeah, so that was first kind of striking to me. Um, but once they kind of start with a shoving match, just kind of pushing back and forth, and uh, Razor kind of starts off the real action with a slap across the face and then when he slapped him he did my favorite the scared fingers (laughs) love it love the scared fingers and and we got an early (laughs) early uh instance of it here um so he got razor got uh the hog man down started to work on his arm uh did that for a little bit um i took note of henry kind of getting back with uh this cool kind of wheelbarrow front slam. Like he, he was, it's hard to describe, but razor was on his back and Henry grabbed his legs, pulled him through Henry's own legs, lifted him up like a wheelbarrow, then slammed him on his face. And that looked really good. I liked that a lot. Um, Cornette dropped a really, really current, uh, Laurel and Hardy joke at this point, you know, for all the 90-year-olds watching Raw. So I'm sure they all got a real good laugh pulling out their childhood from, like, the 1930s. So maybe but, those 90-year-olds will be in currently 100 teens, and they're most likely yeah. listening to many of it on Status Radio. Yes. Well, of course. This is the... I don't know if you knew this, but... Main Event Status Radio is the highest rated uh, nostalgic wrestling podcast amongst centenarians. So makes sense. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure if you knew that, but I've been looking at the metadata off uh, MainEventStatusRadio.com. Number one uh, podcast among hundred hundred plus. Dig it, dig it. <laughs> um. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, apparently Jim Ross was in a secret LT training session and he's going to tell us about it on the superstar line. I just really wish that there was footage of this secret LT training. Jim Ross just like hanging out. (laughs) That would be funny to see us. I get a laugh in it. What? Okay. Here's, I guess this is another, like, booking question. I don't know why I've been, like, thinking about, like, that. I just think it's, like, I see all these things in watching 1994, 1995 WWF, and I go, why? Like, there's such obvious things that I don't know why they didn't do anything. Why is no wrestler, like, associated with Lawrence Taylor so then that they they can, like, parlay it into a feud band? with like a real wrestler or even they can fight before he eventually fights Lawrence Taylor. Like why is he not like associated with Razor Ramon or with some other person who's like training him? It's like, he's just becoming a good wrestler on his own. And I think that's ridiculous. Thoughts. I agree with you on that. I'm just trying to th- re- remember if they ta- talk about anything at WrestleMania 11 and it's been a few years since I watched it. So I don't remember, but yeah, I do sure. agree with you that they should, I don't know unless they've been saying stuff on Action Zone or Superstars, but yeah, you know, it'd be cool if they would say something on Raw too or in a video package that, 
Yeah, like guys like Graves or Diesel or somebody are help training yeah. LT for their big match against his big match against Bam Bam here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe if he hadn't like dogged him down, he could have been associated with the one, two, three kid. But he yeah. already like made him sound like a turd. Yes, which is no, no, no good. I don't, I, I don't know if you took note of this, but one move I really enjoyed was when Henry Godwin had Razor in a headlock and did like a okay. battery ram to Razor okay. to the turnbuckle, which I very enjoyed and don't remember ever seeing that happen before or since. Okay. No, I did not take note of that. I might have been writing down the fact that Cornette did a Watergate joke and I wrote, holy crap, he's doing old references. Like, this is his newest one that's from 30 years ago. <laughs> that's At funny. the time. And <laughs> another note I took note of, I don't know if you noticed, but for this match, the referee was wearing long sleeves. <laughs> Do you know who that referee was? No, I don't. Former WrestleMania competitor, Dan, Dangerous Danny Davis. Was it? Hmm, yeah, for sure. Yes, and I also noticed his weird long sleeve ref shirt. <laughs> and it almost looked like a jacket. Like he was it like did, it yeah. had, like it like buttoned down the front, which is, uh, I don't know. That makes me think back to like junior high football. I remember one of the, our refs always wore a refer, referee jacket instead of a shirt. <laughs> and I thought it looked so strange. That's funny. Um. So Razor put Henry into a backslide, and that's when we slid to a commercial. (laughs) When we get back, um, they're trading punches. Um, Razor did his kind of patented flying bulldog. And uh, this is when I wrote that I really noticed that they're sweetening this crowd uh, big time. Yeah. Because they showed the the crowd no one was saying anything but it was like ah, ah. it was like going insane but you could see that they were like sitting down so <laughs> whatever it's it is what it is i am not a fan of crowd sweetening i think it's just i mean it's too obvious yeah. right like when they're making it sound like it's um wrestlemania 18 and well, you can not. see that, and you, you can see that nobody's saying anything. It's like, okay, come on. Um, I don't know. Will you please um, stop? Yeah, right. So this is at the time then when uh, the man, the roadie, comes out. Yeah, so distract the bad guy. Yep, yep. He distracts Henry, but it doesn't lead to a pinfall. But then Razor's buddy. The one, two, three kid comes out. Oh, the 13-year-old punk. Yeah, yes, right, exactly. And he does a spinning kick to the roadie. Also at that time, uh, Henry is up on the turnbuckles looking at all this action in the aisle. He's apparently, he's like a a dog. He's distracted by the, the, yep, he's distracted by the moving lights. And Razor sneaks up behind him. Gets him into the razor's edge and uh, puts him down for the uh, the pin. So the winner is Razor Ramon. I rated this match one and one half star Beverly Hills. Okay. 
Uh, I also rated this one in one half star. I liked I liked what happened in the match. I really liked the finish. It's an interesting way for Razor to get a really big guy up into the edge because I know that he probably couldn't have gotten Henry into that um, from like a standing position. But so I wrote, I liked it quite a lot while it lasted, but it just really did never got going for me. It was only, you know, six, seven minutes long. Uh, it kind of never got out of first gear. So I felt like it was short and, and I appreciate it being, you know, not longer than what it was, like you said. Right. And I, I felt like, you know, since Razor is challenging for the intercontinental title, I felt like it helped, Razor go over a bigger guy with a, with a finish maneuver and showing us a different way that different way for Razor to slap on the, the Razor's edge. Sure, which I which I enjoyed. Okay, yeah. I'm and then Matt it. tells us before commercial that he'll get a word with Razor and the kid after the break. Yes. Then once we come back, Vince congratulated Razor one for the victory, and Razor is pissed off. <laughs> yeah, he, he is kind of like randomly slash kind of like I don't know, it, like he shouldn't be, but he's like irate because yeah, he's pissed off that Backlund will be getting an Intercontinental Title shot next week against Jeff Jarrett and and, and all that. Razor is going off that if that saying that Jeff Jarrett is stupid for letting that happen because Jeff Jarrett has Razor's Intercontinental Title. And once Backlund slaps on the crossface, Jeff Jarrett will tap out. Then at WrestleMania, Bret Hart will make Bob Backlund quit, meaning that Bret Hart will have Razor Razor Ramon's Intercontinental Title. Yeah, he's really jumping to some conclusions, man. He's like, he's like, J Double J, you're so stupido. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, Backlund's gonna put him in the chicken wing, and then Backlund's gonna lose. And so, is he saying like he's afraid of heart or what? I I don't. I guess I'm not exactly sure. To me, it came across that Razor. Going. To me, it came across that Razor doesn't want to face Brett because they're friends. Okay. All right. I understand that. I understand that. And, and yeah. Uh, and I guess. And I guess like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that Razor just has a beef with Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett is the one who won the Intercontinental title at the Royal Rumble and cheated his way yeah. into winning the title that Razor wants to get his revenge against Jeff Jarrett and win back the Intercontinental title. Now I had to go against somebody else to get his Intercontinental title back. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I Yeah, you're right. And it's like um, he's putting over actual face Bret Hart, also putting over kind of face Bob Backlund slash I don't really know slash everybody cheers him, but he's facing Bret Hart in a I quit match. I don't know, but he, you know, he's saying like he's better than Jarrett and, you know, obviously Hart is better than Jarrett too. I, I think it's uh yeah, I get what you're saying. And then we see a video of the video package from last week. How Backlund signed the contract to face Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental title, which always makes yep. me laugh. <laughs> it was good. Then we get another video package building up Lux Luger versus Tataka for Sunday Night Slam Steel Cage match. Right. Which, you know, hey, you, sorry, you said that you called in and asked Dave Meltzer about Sunday Night Slam. What did you ask and what did he say? Oh, I I pretty much uh, emailed in earlier earlier this month about. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, about what, if 
pretty much if Study Night Slam and Action Zone will be uploaded to the network. And oh, you said there's low okay. priority on that. I did oh. do some dirty research in the hills about oh, okay. what Study Night Slam was. Oh, good. I, That's what I was hoping you asked. What did What did you find out? Okay, I thought I mentioned it a little bit last week, but... Sorry, what if, if, sorry if you did. What I found out about Sunday Night Slam was it seemed like it was... I think they only did it like four or five times. It was, in essence, the mid-90s Saturday Night's Mid event. Okay, I understand. Or uh, even kind of like a precursor to In Your House. Yeah. So it was approached like the new generation's... Yeah, Saturday Night's Mid event. That okay. I only found like four or five resu- uh, different results. So, so they only okay. did it four or five times. It was pretty much looked like it was a what well, is kind of like a Sunday Night Heat's version of building up to the next pay per view or the next. Event. Okay, got it. Got so, it. Good. Good research. Thank you. Then we <laughs> then we go back to McMahon and he tells us that we will hear from LT and his uh, pro football teammates. Oh my gosh, can I tell you what LT said? Yes. Oh gosh, okay. And so it flashes across the screen, fear. I don't, <laughs> I can't even do it. I don't believe in being afraid of any man. I'm only afraid of probably snakes and alligators. <laughs> I don't see any snakes and alligators, bam bam. I see pussy cats. And then they like pump piped in a cat meowing. <laughs> yes. On a good day, I could take Bam Bam. I was like, holy crap. Did someone not, wasn't someone like, whoa, 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 cut, cut, cut. We cannot be like, I'm only afraid of probably snakes and alligators. That was one of the weirdest comments ever. Yeah. Weirdest. Really? You thought it was okay? I thought it was so strange. Weirder I'm only afraid of probably snakes and alligators. It's weirder than some of the comments I make, Beverly. It is weirder than some of the comments you make. I think so. Yes. Then Corny tells us that he, yeah, he, oh, well, then Corny left the announcer's table for right. to help out of the Beverly bodies. Yep. Then we get the slideshow, or the, the slideshow, the PowerPoint slides uh, for the Tate Team title match later on in, in the night. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we might as well take a quick break where we can catch our breath. Okay. We'll be right back here on Mid Event Status Radio. I know what you want to know. You're always asking yourself, how can I talk to the main event status crew? How can I listen to the show outside of how I'm obviously listening to it right now? Well, here you go. I'm going to kick it to the dirty dog, and he's going to let you know how to do that. You guys can listen to us on iTunes. Search us out in the podcast feed, main event status radio. Subscribe to us there. And once we edit the show, and post production and all that, you'll get it on your iTunes. You guys can put it on your feet on your MP3 iTunes, Apple feet player, whatever you have, iPad, iTunes, iPod, iPhone, whatever. Subscribe to us on on, on iTunes. You guys can listen to us on MidEventStatus.com, SoundCloud.com slash status Radio. You guys can listen or you guys can interact with us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash status Radio or on Twitter. I am at Dirty Dog MBS. You can get me while I'm chilling on down on Sunset in La Brea at Beverly Hills MES. Talk at me. Now let's get back to the show. All right, we're back, people. Back on Main Event Status Radio. There are no snakes or alligators around. There's just a dog and... A hills. 
I was going to say that if there's any snakes or alligators around these hills or hill, <laughs> this duck will run, run them away. <laughs> nice. So yeah, we come back from a commercial break and we get the second annual WWF Fan Festival that gets plugged in. That would be held at the Hartford Civic Center, whatever. Okay. Now we get the video video package of of LT that that you discussed. Yes. Then uh, we then we get some some more highlights from Action Zone where Bam Bam did his three point stance and speared Doink the Clown, trying to send a message to LT. Right. You never meddle blind men like the beast from the east. Then, uh, whoever the arena announcer was, uh, introduced Steve Mongo McMichael to the WrestleMania theme song. Gosh, I love the WrestleMania theme song so much. Oh, it's, I just, I just love it with all my heart. Just like that. Just like that. How weird is it to see Mongo on Raw? It's pretty weird. Especially him in a House of Blues leather jacket. I, that, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, he's wearing a House <laughs> of Blues jacket, which made me laugh. <laughs> and what, do you, do you, his first words as he gets on the mic, can they hear me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Gosh, way to make your presence known, Mongo. Can they hear me? Huh? Yeah. Famous, famous wor- first words. <laughs> So we got King Kong Bundy against Raven Clark and Adam Crooms. Do you know who either of those two guys are? I'm looking those fellows up right now. Okay, well, you do that. Uh, when I posted last week's podcast up on Facebook, I did get some interaction about Mongo McMichael. Oh, go for it, man. Uh, I am trying to herp and pull that up on f- Facebook right now to... Talk about that because it made made me laugh. <laughs> well, if it made you laugh. Yeah, Facebook even let me find it. Okay, I have nothing about Raven Clark. Okay, there all all that's there is there's a YouTube video of him losing a 1993 match to the Undertaker <laughs> and lots of results about an offensive tackle for the Texas Tech Red Raiders whose name is La Raven Clark. That's funny. <laughs> Can you find Oh my god. What? Okay, sorry, just a second. Adam Crooms you can apparently search. Oh no, it's just this thing networkplaylist.com. Oh boo. So you can make a playlist off the WWE network. Um, uh, no, just no, nothing. Okay. Cause yeah, when I posted last week's episode up one, one, a uh, member from the Russell Observer empire that I'm friends with on Facebook, Derek Darby, okay. he was asking how, did 1997 Mongo McMichael get into 2015? And we were talking about how, how if anybody would figure out time travel, it would be Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea of him going into a time machine, stepping out, and then what would his first words be? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can they hear me? Can you see me? I just, I just time travel. Can you hear me? Then That's a, that would be his first words. Just to. Uh, Tease a little little bit what Mongo will be saying later on in this match. Derek Darby wanted to share some of some of the greatest or infamous lines that 
that Mongo shared. Okay. Such as Bobby the Stain Hernia and Bobby the Stain. Yeah, right. Right. Which makes me laugh that I wanted to share here on the podcast. Okay. So, like, when Mongo gets going here, he keeps talking about, like, how so this is where I'm talking about like McMahon needed to like rein him in because most of this he talks about like how Bundy isn't that big. He's like, he ain't that big. I face people that are big as him every week. And it's like, dude, like that's that's Bundy's like only thing he has going is that he's huge. Why would you be like he's not that big? Like McMahon needed to like punch Mongo or like <laughs> pinch him or something. Be like, dude, shut the blank up, and so like stop talking about that. Be like, oh my god, he's so big. Not like Reggie White's bigger than him. Like, what an idiot! God, Mongo. <sighs> it, I was gonna say that this should, if uh, since Bischoff hired Mongo to do the color on Nitro, Bischoff should have been should have watched this. This match yeah. and heard Mongo and should have said, "Okay, we're not hiring him to be color commentator." Yes, I agree. I agree. So Mongo did say he wanted both the jobbers to be in the ring at the same time. He said it wasn't fair that <laughs> only one was in. Um, the jobbers tried to double slam King Kong Bunny, but he did not let that happen and just pushed them both down. <laughs> um, they were talking about. Like that wrestling's different from football or whatever. And Mongo said that he didn't need a helmet. Well, that makes sense because there's nothing inside that he's trying to protect. Oh, um, I know, burn, right? Um, <laughs> King Kong Bunny is standing on one of the jobbers. Vince called the same one both names, so I don't really know which one's which. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, he had a big slam, but he pulled the guy up. Um, I commented that <laughs> Mago called DiBiase the million dollar mouth. It is legion of losers. That's that's. I thought that was pretty funny though. <laughs> oh gosh, you would, my friend. You would. What can I say, Jack? Okay, so the finish came here with uh, Bundy avalanching in the corner and a one foot pin. And I rated this da 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 da. So the winner is King Kong Bundy. And I'll see if you get my rating. One half star. Oh my god, why? Get it? One one half? One versus two? One half? Okay, okay. One over two. I suppose it is is one guy over two, so But I do have to rate this a dud just with you because okay. this was I felt like this is pretty boring. Oh my gosh, it was awful. <laughs> it was it was, bad. it was bad. It was just not good. Um, Mongo said that must have hurt like three times. That must have hurt, <laughs> and that's about exactly what he said. So then we got Kama coming out here confronting. This is this is what um, made me Mongo. Laugh. Okay, so first off, he says he's sick and tired of Mongo sitting out here and running his mouth. And I wrote, pretty sure this is the first time he's been out here. Oh, made of that. I had to open up my can of milk, because I felt like this was very, very, very entertaining, Beverly Hills. (laughs) 
Okay, so like I said, he's sick and tired of him sitting out here. I'm like, pretty sure this is the first time he's been out there, but whatever. Kama's going to beat him like a dog. Um, He goes, if you have a problem with something on Sam, do something about it. So first Mongo goes, you got some pretty, (laughs) you got some pretty suspenders. And he pulled the suspenders, but then he pushed him. (laughs) Kama responded by throwing Mongo's water into his face, thus unleashing Mongo's beautiful ponytail into just flowing down his back. Yes. Um, And they started fighting. And I wrote that, I'm not going to lie, nice, pretty nice brawl. Did you did you take note of what Mongo was calling Kama? Um, he was calling Kama Koma. Oh, yeah, Koma. He kept calling him Koma, yeah. Which, which made me laugh, which is why I had to talk about Derek Darby's uh, comments about what Mongo used to call Bobby Heenan. Because that, <laughs> I felt that's one thing that made me laugh in this match. Whenever he talked about Kama... He would t- call him coma. Which yeah, a lot of times I, I, didn't do think, see- I didn't think that was the highlight of it. That's disappointing to me that you thought that was the highlight of the whole thing was him calling him coma. Whenever I, whenever I watch a coma match the last few weeks, I almost fall into a coma. Just saying. I'd Just agree. saying. But what did you think about their brawl? I thought I like it put over the LT and Bam Bam match and... I felt like it was pretty pretty good that, especially since Mongo was a you know football former football player, I wouldn't want to mess with mess with him since he can how quickly he took Kama down. Yeah, it looked legit. I liked yeah. it. I, that push was the first push was good, and then once they kind of got kind of got into it, it looked good. And I I liked how um, when they were being separated. Mongo was still trying to kind of like fit in some punches yeah. to Kama. Those looked good. I liked it. I liked the brawl, but it does not turn me on Mongo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so then we go to we we go to a commercial break. We come back with the WrestleMania Eleven report with Todd Pettengill. Yep, and we might as well actually send it to Todd Pettengill with the WrestleMania report. All right, let's kick it to Todd. Do it, Toddster. WrestleMania 11, the kickoff to our second decade of the new generation, is only two weeks away. Sunday, April the 2nd at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific, from the sold-out Hartford Civic Center and exclusively on pay-per-view. Pick up the phone, just the receiver part. Call your local cable company right now. I mean, Hollywood's biggest stars have cleared their calendars to join us, and the action is going to be truly spectacular. Oh, and by the way, one thing I forgot to mention... WrestleMania is the crown jewel of the World Wrestling Federation. And after what you just saw between Kama and Steve McMichael, at WrestleMania, almost anything can happen, and probably will. Man. Let's begin with the championship match. Big Daddy Cool strides down the aisle with the gold draped over his monstrous frame to meet the challenger, Shawn Michaels, of course, with his bodyguard, Sid, as his protector. Two former friends and tag team champions have gone their separate ways. However, their paths will cross again with the title on the line at WrestleMania 11. 
Big Daddy Cool Diesel remains confident he can retain the gold and defeat the Heartbreak Kid. But Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid see things a bit differently. Just ask him. Well, I'll be. The World Wrestling Federation champion, Big Daddy Cool, is going to grace the World Wrestling Federation with his presence when he gives a live interview with Vince McMahon next Sunday. Whoa, that's a rare sight. Big Daddy Cool and the Vin Man one another. What a couple of suck-ups. Well, I got news for you. Two guys that suck up to absolutely no one are the Heartbreak Kid and Big Sid. We make our own rules. And the funny thing is, sometimes even we don't follow them. Rest assured, big man, Big Daddy Cool, World Wrestling Federation champion, you got an interview with the Heartbreak Kid and Big Sid. Want to hear it? And we will, oh yes, we will be in the building. Man, what a night this is going to be. Intercontinental title also on the line as Double J Jeff Jarrett with the underhanded roadie in his corner squares off against the former champion, the bad guy Razor Ramon. And in light of what we saw earlier on here tonight, there is no question Razor is sick and tired of the roadie. You will also see the one and only hitman Bret Hart step into the squared circle one more time with Mr. Bob Backlund in an I Quit match. The question remains, is Bob Backlund ready for the fight of his life? But Backlund claims that question is a rhetorical mean-spirited attack on his individualism and he does not have the proclivity to surrender. You will also see the unearthly Undertaker with Paul Bearer, but without his urn, face the mighty King Kong Bundy. Now, the Undertaker has a few choice words for the cornerstone of the Million Dollar Corporation. Ted DiBiase, King Kong Bundy, how dare you violate one of my Undertaker's prized possessions, the sacred urn, with every birth certificate comes a death certificate, and yours will be signed at WrestleMania! King Kong Bundy, the power that you hold in that urn draws you ever closer to your final demise. At WrestleMania, you come face to face with the Reaper. I'll collect my urn, and I'll fill it with the soul of King Kong Bundy. Man, the classic confrontations just keep on coming. Talk about a powerhouse tag team. Made in the USA, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, team up to take on Jacob and Eli Blue. All these matches and more make up the greatest card in the history of the... And I'll tell you, that's saying something. How about a little Hollywood firepower for you? We all know the star of the hit TV show Baywatch, Pamela Anderson, will be in the house with Shawn Michaels, right? Well, uh, we'll also see Nicholas Turturro of ABC's award-winning NYPD Blue. You'll see Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who plays Randy on Home Improvement with Tim Allen. How about the gorgeous Jennifer McCarthy from MTV? They will all be a part of the biggest night of the year known as WrestleMania, just two weeks away. Sunday night, April the 2nd. Totally live from the sold-out Hartford Civic Center, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific, exclusively on Pay-Per-View TV. It's going to be a night unlike... Ladies and gentlemen, here they are! They're the... Thank you, Jim Cornette, for cutting off Todd Pettengill, because it is time for the main event match on, on the 103rd episode of Monday Night Raw, where the Tate Team Championship is decided between the Beverly Bodies... With Jim Cornette <laughs> against the Smoking Guns. Yes.
So what's your thoughts on Jim Cornette cutting out Todd Pentengill of the of the WrestleMania report? I kind of like that they're playing the WrestleMania reports into the shows. Um, I think it's it creates a flow um, that's good and it isn't as like segmented as it's like, okay, here's the end of the WrestleMania report and here's the next match. I like it, how it flows into the match from the WrestleMania report. Yeah, actually, it's making it seem like Raw is actually alive and same with the, yes. the report. Because I, I think yeah. there's a Rumble reporter that we reviewed, you know, a couple months back where Todd was, Todd was, you know, talking about it. Then Jeff Jarrett was, you know, going to be backstage and Todd was going to send it to, Jeff Jarrett for a few words and how they'd had a little bit of an exchange. Yes. That, that made uh-huh. both of us laugh. I, I enjoy the stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like, yes, I like it because it's really like, we're sending it to Todd, not like, let's roll the footage of Todd, even though that's what it is. I like the illusion that it's not. Yeah. Which both of us would probably give it a very high rating. If we would rate that, that part of the segment. Yeah, like that two-second clip. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we get um, Dr. Tom Pritchard, yeah. the Doctor of Desire, and Jimmy Del Rey, the Jiglo. Yeah. I still really like Jimmy Del Rey. I think, like, I, I still think that, like, fat guy or ugly guy who thinks that he's, like, super sexy is one of my favorite, like, heel gimmicks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because it, it takes kind of the Rick Rude-esque character, which is a heel who thinks he's sexy. But, I mean, Rude was a good-looking guy, and he's buff and stuff, right? Yeah. So it takes that, and then it takes it to another level of heel or villain in that he doesn't even deserve it because he's ugly, he's pasty, and he's got a gut, right? So I love it. Oh, I love it when he does the... Like belly rub thing, oh favorite. He's he's an all star. And yeah, uh, during that time we also get a or at the start that we get, men on, uh, what was it Oscar apologizing yep. for men on missions actions on the Spoken Against Arm action zone from from that weekend or the weekend before. Yeah, and Vince was kind of weirdly just calling them mom, <laughs> which was strange to me. He, he a couple times he's like. Mom took it too far. I'm like, whoa, mom, you're just gonna call mom Vince? Come on, dude. Yes, and, and yeah, during during the start of the match, that uh, uh that Cornette, not Cornette, McMahon said that this is the match where McMahon does play by play by himself, and how he said that Pritchard is a doctor of desire, which I never realized that's what he got his PhD in before, dude, man hurts my heart that you didn't know that he was the doctor of desire i i know since you got the you got um, your master's degree beverly do you have your master's (laughs) in desire um you know i have my master's in gigoloing if i go and get my phd it will probably be in desire Fair enough. I, I am so. tempted to. I've been thinking about you going back and get my PhD. I should get my. Both of us should go and become the doctors of desire. Going to get it in desire. Nice. The, the, the Beverly bodies of desire. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have to ask Tom Pritchard where they offer that. I feel like not a lot of universities offer um, a PhD in desire. Um, and I wonder, and I wonder what like his dissertation <laughs> in the area of desire was. 
I don't know. Probably he probably did a study of Jiggle and Jimmy Delray. I'd have yes, to think. Probably. Right? <laughs> I, I would like to read his thesis. Yeah, I. Yeah, right. Like, well, that would be for like his masters and whatever he got his masters in. True. Right. Fair enough. Um. So, or I, you know, what I really would have liked to sit in was when he's defending his dissertation. <laughs> people are asking him questions about the subject of desire and what and what his what his studies showed and stuff, and and what what his literature that he studied on um on the subject of desire and then when they confirm it and he like gets up and he goes woo and Jim Cornette runs in with his racket and hits the <laughs> hits the professors with it. Knowing Cornette hit yeah, he's probably sitting in with the professors and all that. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I hope right. I hope if I ever go get my PhD Beverly Hills, I had to defend my thesis. I hope you're sitting in with the professors with your tennis racket or your microphone and willing to help defend me. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Um, okay, so at the beginning of the match, the aforementioned Doctor of Desire goes to the crowd and goes, We are the heavenly bodies! And then Billy Gunn, with this awesome, awesome comeback, and it was such a good burn, goes over and he goes, We don't care! Oh, <laughs> God. Woo, Billy Gunn, wow. What a what an awesome comeback. Oh, wait, that sucked. Um Probably one of the best things so, Billy has ever done in his career. Yeah, well, that's saying a lot because this was about the worst comeback ever. <laughs> um, so early on, we got a lot of you know quick action here. Um, a, a bulldog by Billy onto Pritchard, and a, followed up by a nice high drop kick from Bart uh, onto Delray. Sorry. Um, Pritchard is trying to chop Bart, but he can't break into that granite that is Bart Gunn's chest. So he gets a press slam from Bart. Yeah, um, that gorilla press slam, gorilla. Yeah, right. right. Um, and Bart's just kind of doing a lot of power moves all around. Um, I think right around that time, Bart had a unique looking armbar to Del Rey. Okay. Do you know? Okay. Do you know what kind of armbar that Bart put on? You know, I cannot recall. I don't okay. have that one. Okay, because I know. Yeah, cause I p- p- wrote down that yeah, Bart had a like a short arm, kind of like a short arm scissors esque arm bar and all okay. that, which I f- felt like felt like was pretty unique, and I was surprised to see one of the guns do a maneuver like that. Sure, the guns are looking good in these matches that we've seen. I'd say, um, Right into the commercial, we got a double Russian leg sweep from the guns and then a drop toe hold into an elbow. And then, you know, I don't like this. When they come back from commercial, Pritchard's in control. Like, total flip of what was happening. (laughs) Just don't really like that. Um, He takes in Delray, who does an odd... He gets him into a neck breaker, then does the belly move, and then neck breaker. Yes, God. Uh, (laughs) Love... Love, 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 Jimmy Delray. That I um, put on my notes. I wrote that spot down. I I even wrote down, and I quote, "Made me laugh." <laughs> I wrote Delray with a belly move into a deck breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pritchard tried to suplex Bart, but Bart turned it around and suplexed Tom. Um, 
he's able to get Delray back in. And when Delray's stomping, he's like doing mule kicks, which I thought was an interesting thing. Instead of doing like a front stomp, he's like turning around and like uh, mule kicking him. I don't know. Um, he went up top and did like a huge um, full splash, but missed it. Uh, and Billy finally tagged in after a lot of kind of double teaming, um, distraction, things like that. Uh, and they did the combo where, uh, Bart puts one up on his shoulders, drops him. And at the same time, Billy does a bulldog, but Cornette distracted him. Um, and Delray blocked it with a flying move and he switched in, um, he attempted for kind of, I call it just like a flipping pin. Well, I, I think oh, the jack versus Yeah, jack, that's what it's pin. called. Yeah. Thanks, brother. You're welcome. So he tries the jackknife pin, but Billy powers out of it, turns it into backslide, and, and the gets victory. the gets the trace. So the winners are the smoking guns in Beverly. What do you rate this match? I rate this match. Two and one half bellies, wiggles. Okay, I rated this match two stars, and I wanted to get your get your opinion on it before, or your rating on it before me, because yeah. like you, I enjoyed this match. To me, the finish definitely bumped it up for me. You know, just like the Bulldog Michaelis match that we reviewed a few weeks back, I felt like the 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 final finish of the match came out of the blue and bu- helped bumped it up. Yeah, I enjoyed this match quite a bit. Then we uh, go to go to a commercial. We come back. We see some highlights from WWF superstars at the March Magic the night before New York City. Yes, Magic. Ch- what? No, I was just gonna ask. What is this March Magic? Well, um, it you Magic Johnson. He obviously a big time basketball player. He contracted HIV uh, in the early nineties, which forced him to retire. But then he. You know, he kind of committed his trade, his uh, charity work to you know, ending you know, HIV, uh, looking for AIDS research and stuff. And it looks, it looked to be that this was just some type of um, event fundraiser yeah, for this. A lot of a lot of big stars, Patrick Ewing, Pat Riley were there. Yeah, cause I felt felt like I know we talked about this before, but that's one cool thing that I guess I don't mind seeing. I do enjoy seeing on WWE, WWF TV. Seeing you know them teaming up with different people to help raise funds for, uh, I think I wrote down for kids who aren't as privileged or you know team up with different things to help, yeah, raise funds to do whatever. So sure, yep. No, I'm not against it. You know, if they're gonna take three minutes for anything, I'm fine with it being you know pumping up uh, their charity work. That's fine with me. Now we go to another commercial. We come back, and for and next week, for the first time ever, no rules, no regulations, no holds barred with between Bret Hart and Owen Hart next week okay. on Raw. Why? Why is this on Raw, yet at WrestleMania we're getting Bret Hart versus... Um, good guy Bob Backlund and Owen Hart and mystery opponent versus the Guns. Why is this match not on WrestleMania? Yeah, and yeah, I don't know how 
Brett versus Owen will build up build up the two matches that they'll be having at WrestleMania. Right, right. Uh-huh. I agree. I just don't understand. Just because you had a great WrestleMania 10 match and a great SummerSlam match from the year before, I'm excited to see how the, how the match turns out next week. Yes. You sound excited. Well, if you... Yes, in a few weeks, you'll see that uh, I had bigger plans for WrestleMania 11 and Owen and Bret Hart. Yes. And Cornette's back on commentary in the plug Sunday Night Slam with Luger and Tatanka in a steel cage match. I guess Diesel will be interviewed on Sunday Night Slam by Vince. Okay, yep. Then I guess Yoni... No. So I wrote down Yoni and Bambi will face each other, I guess. Yes, that's correct. Uh-huh. Yep. Then uh, what about, and I was wondering what about Raw next week? Why isn't Raw getting plugged next week? Then we then then they plugged the Jeff Jeffers Bob Backlund match for the Intercontinental Title uh-huh. on Sunday Night Slam, right? And I might as well mention that on next week's podcast we will be reviewing the Bob Backlund versus Jeff Jarrett match from Sunday Night Slam. Uh huh. Just because uh-huh. I felt like that was one of the one of the bigger matches on the night, and I felt like, you know, it'd be cool to review it, so we'll be reviewing that match next week. Then uh, Vince sends it to Tatanka, and he plugs his match against Lux Luger at Sunday Night Slam. Then then, then we go to Luger, and he and he has some, you know, pre-tape, foot, uh, pre-tape interview and all that, and he says that he's getting what he wants, and that's Tatanka in a steel cage, and Tatanka won't be able to run away from him. So then that's the end of the show. Yes, sir. What's your thoughts on Raw overall, Beverly? Like I said, it was really a breezy one to get through. Um, it was it was an easy watch, which that's all I ask for. That is literally all I ask for out of a wrestling match, if a wrestling show. If I can get through it without going, uh, or wanting to stop it, I am fine with it. Same here. I, I enjoyed it. It didn't feel like a drag like some of the Raws felt like over the series, which, yeah, same here, I enjoy. Yep. So we will also take the final break for the night for the podcast, and we'll be back with a jobber and the main event set of star next. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is a Dirty Doc Darcy on main event status radio, and I am here to tell you listeners of Mini Status Radio that you guys should be off the grid like Jesse the Body Ventura. That way the NSA can't track you guys, can't trace your calls, and cannot figure out why you guys are listening to the greatest podcast of all Mini Event Status Radio here on MiniEventStatus.com. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.
Okay, we are back with the thrilling conclusion of Main Event Status Radio. Do you want to do the jobber or the main eventer first? Let's do the jobber. For For me, the jobber has to be the fans for not getting Jeff Jarrett versus Bob Backlund for the Intercontinental title on Raw. <laughs> okay. Because that match was signed last week and was built up on this week, week's edition of, of Raw. I am sad that we won't be getting it on Raw either this week or next week, that we had to go find the match on Daily Motion or YouTube. I can't remember which one. I am yep. sad that that it's not on Raw. So I feel like the fans are jobbed out for that. Sounds good. I get it. I get it. My jobber is a combination of Adam Crooms and Johnny Raven or whatever the hell his name is. Just out there. I don't know. They're just nothing. I couldn't think of like a real like uh, pinpoint jobber of the night. So that's what I went with. That's a that's a good good go uh that's a good code drivers, Beverly. Yeah, with it. My main event um, star yeah. has to be Mongo. Okay. Because I I like I said when we reviewed it, I enjoyed hearing him call comma coma <laughs> and all that and I felt like, you know, he stood tall against comma when they brawled and all that, their brawl looked great and all that, and Vince sold it really well well with his reactions. So I feel like Mongo has to be the star of Monday Night Raw for me. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, my main eventer is the Jiggle Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> I, I don't know. Jiggles. I just love him. I just love him. I think no one on this Raw plays his gimmick stronger than Jimmy Del Rey. I just like him so much. So I know we mentioned it in the last segment that this was a breeze to watch for Raw. Uh, yeah. But I don't think I don't I to me it was hard to to pinpoint anybody who had the I guess the the steel way performance on Raw. Right. I would agree. It was it was good. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't great by any means. It was just easy to get through. Yeah. Um. And by by that nature, it was because all the matches were really short. So it was hard to point to anyone who had a super standout performance. So yeah, I would agree with you. So yeah, I had to mention that since I found it I find it kind of amusing that you know I pick Mongo, he picked you know the Jiglo and all that. I just find it fun. If I find it kind of amusing because on a normal episode of Raw, or I guess on Nitro for Mongo, that I find it kind of hard that we would pick those two as the main event instead of star. Sure. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, in a couple of years, Jimmy Graffiti and Mongo McMichael as your two <laughs> as your main event stars, probably not. So, uh, you know how normally we do a past through present segment. I am involving that segment to a Q and A segment. Okay. So it first be similar to the past or present, but if I find any, you know, think of about anything from the past week, about, you know, from what we watch or what's kind of going on in current wrestling or pop culture, I feel like, feel like you'd be the man to talk to Beverly Hills. This cool. is where I'm going to throw it in. Cool. So, how, I know we kind of talked about this before, uh, to put it, it into a twist. How, okay. you know, Diesel seems to be a part time WWF champion during the series. And Brock's been on a similar yet 
yet less schedule nowadays. Okay. With guys like Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels before he retired, Undertaker, Triple H, Batista in the sorts. What's your thoughts on mid-event set of stars or former or former world champions being on a quote-unquote part-time schedule? Mm, I don't really like it. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it works, in, but most of the time I feel like it doesn't. There, are sh- there sure are ways to make it work. Um, I don't know. And I guess like, I don't know, to be honest, I've kind of pulled myself away from the current product. So I don't really know if Brett, if, uh, Brock Lesnar's working or not. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess, um, do you feel like that, that if done well, if not right, could that help build up new stars? You know, meaning, meaning that if the main event stars kind of fade in and out and, you know, have a few months off throughout the year, do you feel like that'll help bring up the main event status out of the mid card guys and mid card titles? No, in fact, I think it makes the it hurts them almost irreparably. I I hate that because then it's like, yeah, you know the guys that you like and you see every week. You know how they're so cool. Oh, guess what? They really don't matter. The people who really matter, are the ones who come every four months. So that I think that hurts them more than anything. Okay. Like when you have. I know I said I don't follow the Curb product, but I guess I know enough about it. Like you have people like Seth Rollins carrying everything month by month by month, and then but who main events the pay per view? Not him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dolph Ziggler, same thing, right? So I feel like that kind of thing actually hurts new stars rather than helping them. Okay, because I guess I thought about that because how you know we've kind of. Shad on Diesel not really being around during this, you know, right. on these rounds and all that. And I can understand it, you know, back then with Rollins being one hour, you know, not, you know, having them one, you know, one or two minute event set of stars once a month mm-hmm. or however they had it. But I just was kind of curious since, you know, Jericho, whenever he's around, he's here for a few months when he fits in his schedule. Shawn yeah, Michaels, and I hate that. Shawn Michaels, before he, he retired, he was kind of in and out, kind of, kind of similar. Undertaker's only around for WrestleMania, Triple H, same thing, and Batista, you know, kind of the same thing too. So I just kind of made me think about that a little, little bit. I was curious on on your thoughts, because I know I've been hearing rumors that they're, if Brock resigns, they're thinking of putting the U.S. title on Cena and the Intercontinental title on Daniel Bryan to try to build those titles back up again when sure. Brock, is, Brock okay. is only around once every few months. So that's mm-hmm. why I kind of wanted to get your opinion about that right so yeah it's just something i i thought of i can see where your viewpoint is and i don't i don't think every main event star should have that kind of schedule i feel like you know guys like undertaker or jericho ways i can understand since they're getting up there in age and their bodies are starting to fall apart i can understand not you know kind of give them a bone a little bit on taking some time out to help Mm -hmm. help rest their body to, to come back to have the great or to hopefully have a decent match and hopefully a decent feud mm-hmm. right but just that's just my opinion though so just wanted to i was thinking about that this past week i wanted to kick it kick it towards you to get your thoughts for sure so we might as well wrap the show up with our plugs and all that you guys can listen to us on our website madeeventstatus.com or on our soundcloud page soundcloud.com slash Radio. you guys can listen to us in and iTunes and the podcast 
you know, feed and all that, just go to the iTunes uh, homepage, search up Main Event Status Radio, subscribe there, and all that good stuff. We want to beat Jim Ross in the roster report because we're tired of his saucy attitude. You guys can interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Main Event Status Radio. Interact with us there. Be a good time. Beverly, how can they talk to you on the Twitter machine? At Beverly Hills MES. And for me, it's Dirty Dog MES Dog, as in D A W G, Dirty Dog MES. And Beverly, do you have any final thoughts or closing comments for the episode? Be nice to everybody. And don't jiggle be, your belly. And don't be on a part time schedule. Yeah. Be full time in everything you do. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll catch you guys next time on Main Event Status Radio. Only full-time friends and lovers accepted around these parts. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fantastic. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. 